Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And today's guest, guys, is a super special treat. He is a leader, a public speaker, and he is the man responsible for more sales of supercharged V8s than anyone else on the planet. Please welcome to the show, Scott Simons. Scott, what's up, bud? (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. It's, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. I, you know, you're you're a very clever in a lot of things you do so this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun interview you know is is yeah. that right how how much do you contribute to the fossil fuel crisis um quite a bit <laughs> quite a bit yeah so I, yeah, you know tell us what you do man <laughs> yeah so i'm 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 in the auto industry you know and i've been in it for a long time i happen to uh co-own and operate a honda nissan subaru Volkswagen Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership in the western part of Virginia. So I'm I'm originally from West Virginia, which there are two different states. Some people don't realize that it's funny, but okay. uh, there's two separate states. But I'm in the western part called the Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, nice. And, uh, I'm we run with a bunch of Type A personalities. When you mm-hmm. when you agree with that in Apex, oh, RSA, lines not sheep. So when I tell people I sell those products, and you got Type A people, they're like. Oh, hold on. Did you say Ram? Did mm-hmm. you sell those real fast ass pickup trucks? I'm like, I do. I really do. And they're like, man, that's what we want. And we want Hellcats. Well, you know that, you know, they got high horsepower and, and they don't get very good fuel efficiency. We don't care about fuel efficiency. We want the power. Yeah. So it's, it's worked out really well. I, I think I've sold in the 70s, over 70 TRX pickup trucks. Wow. You know, yeah. I sold some influencers. So I uh, just built Jake Paul a uh, a thousand horsepower trx that we're going to be shipping to him in puerto rico so oh, shit well i'm going to cross that off my list then because down here yeah. it was uh what's been your most memorable client we, we may ask that again but a, a thousand yeah. horsepower truck for jake paul that's going to be pretty memorable how did yeah. you yeah. How, how do you go about like and i know i'm jumping around the interview normally i like background first but i, I want to yeah. know while we're talking about it how do you attract the the clientele to sell 72 raptors what uh, sorry, TRXs, they're not Raptors, I'm in okay. trouble. 72 okay. of those. What, how do you attract that level of clientele? And and how can somebody that's in the car business look at you and maybe emulate what you've done? Well, first of all, um, I've got a really big network. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, going through my career, I wanted to be a car dealer. And I think some people, if they get to where, it, at one point it was a dream of mine, Right. So I worked really hard and got lucky, got surrounded with the right people and with, you know, luck and preparation and hard work and getting the right opportunity, you know, but I think some people get to this at one point, what I thought was a dream of mine. And I love what I do. I'm, I'm here today at the dealership. So right, if I'm not right. traveling, speaking or doing different things or with the family, I'm here mm-hmm. because I enjoy what I do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to also, once I got to part own my first car dealership in 2010, I started getting around people that were way more successful than me. I said, wait a minute, what am I going to do now? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've accomplished my dream. Hell with that, man. Now it's time to, all right, can we own more than one? Right. And then what else, what else can I do? 
So um, to to push myself, I joined groups such as Arte Syndicate, Apex, mm -hmm. Lions Not Sheep, and these entrepreneur groups. And it's real simple. What I tell people is, um, this is what I do. First of all, everybody needs to know what you do. Right, right. Um, so I, I help solve people's transportation problems or I supply them with a lot with fun. If they mm -hmm. want, you know, fun vehicles to drive. Right, right. And I just say, hey, you know, Sam, if there's anything I can ever do for you, anything, whether I sell you a vehicle directly or not, if you ever have a question, call me. You know, call me and, and if I can help you, I'll help you. And sometimes it's just giving you advice. So right. there's a lot of times I'll assist somebody buying something and I'm not making anything on it, but that's okay because I'm building that relationship. Right. Like, and then it just takes off. So then I take care of one one friend like Ryan Stuman. Mm -hmm. Ryan tells Todd Abrams. Mm -hmm. Todd Abrams tells Chase Hero. Mm -hmm. Chase Hero tells Jake Paul. But it's all because I took care of Ryan Stuman first. Right, like, right. Like literally, I'm at um, Apex. I just saw you there a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And I get a message that this big Ferrari dealer wants a TRX. And then I start doing research on this guy. And he's like, owns a Ferrari racing team. Oh, wow. So now I've got to take care of him. And he's in California. Of course, I'm in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's it just, if you take care of people, and then you go and I join groups and then I serve those groups. And then Ryan Stuman, we hear someone mentioning a vehicle, I say, you need to talk to Scott. Mm -hmm. And then by providing that service and telling people what I do and doing a post today and doing the things that we get taught and build your machine. Once I learned those things and got in the right groups, man, it just took off. And I mean, I'm looking at, you know, when I see, you know, a text message from some of these people, these major influencers, mm -hmm. and then they refer people, right. You know, uh, Chase Hero, which, you know, made a lot of money uh, through crypto and mm -hmm. online marketing. He did one post for me, just tagging me. I had 10 or 11, maybe 12 TRX sales off of one post. Oh, wow. I mean, that's just, just, that's the power of it though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, we want, we want to get what Chase got. So it's funny because Chase ordered a white one and then all these people wanted white. Before Chase ordered white, no one really wanted a white truck. They wanted black. <laughs> right. And now, like, he had his friends like, no, we got to have white. So now I went on a run, you know, with white trucks. And he was like, well, I don't know which color I want. So, well, I don't know. Jake Paul and people like that, they went with white. And they're, heck, I want white. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so it's been it's been fun. But, you know, I, I love cars, you know. Right. Um, I, I, I like dealing with people. I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how just by getting in those rooms and serving the people and, um, you know, assisting people, even if I don't sell them something at that time. I mean, I'll assist somebody to buy anything. Right. I have right. a huge network. You're just that you kind of guy, though. You're just so approachable and helpful. And, and you know, I think people, they, they catch on to that and they, they feel it almost as if it's uh, exuding from you. It just seems to me you've got this spirit of, of can-do attitude, man. Well, I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's um, yeah, you know, you, life's too short, you know. And there was times when I wasn't the person that I met today. I mean, I'm unrecognizable for a person that I'd kind of drifted to. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I did have a health scare. You know, if you, you know, typically we all make changes, right? So mm -hmm. back in 2000, let's see, 2000, let's see, 2005, 2006, I was on my way to achieving my goal, but mm -hmm. I lost my identity. I put on a bunch of weight, drinking every day, smoking, acting a fool. 
and was winning individually that that's super common in business though it's super common. we we focus on the one thing we focus on that financial return and like everything else falls by the wayside let let me ask you this so let me let me run back to the to the beginning here and you said you've always liked cars so did you choose the car business or did the car business choose you? How do you get, how do you get started out? In, I feel in like cars? I need one of those thug lives, you know, the, the car <laughs> business, you know, with the gold chains and the cigarette, you know, get it, man. Maybe, get your it. Team can, maybe your team can put that in. You know, did, <laughs> did car sales life choose me? Give me some Marlboros and, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a, a shot of liquor or something. Man, it's, uh, it's a hustle, dude. It's addictive. I mean, I I, I owned a, a small independent dealership back yeah. in uh, 2010, 2012. It's a hustle. It's addictive. I love cars. I grew up around it. Um, and, you know, my my best friend now is uh, is owner of a big car dealership, a, like a proper grown-up one. And yeah. I've always been, <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, not an independent, but I, I've always been around it. So tell us how you got started out in the car business, man. So from we're originally from Bluefield, West Virginia, uh, okay. MacDowell County, West Virginia. And if you look it up, if you Google it, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, for the economy, it's one of the poorest counties in the United States of America, MacDowell County, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, so that's where we were from. Um, I saw um, at some point when I was growing up, we my parents, my dad worked five jobs. My mom worked. um as a lab supervisor, we had like an 86 Chevrolet celebrity as our car that my dad bought for a couple hundred bucks and he gave it to a Vogue school to fix. So, you know, you got vocational schools yeah. where people donate pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Well, the piece of shit was our car, you know, <laughs> that dad went bald, but he was, he was too conservative or some people say cheap to go and have someone fix it. So he paid like $300 for his car, gave it to the Vogue school and said, here, Here's your next project. Y'all fix it. Well, <laughs> that didn't go over well, but it was free. So right. I remember like Bondo was falling out of it. Mm-hmm. It made it, it was, it was a piece of shit. So I was like, well, you know, my dad was conservative. We grew up very, you know, uh, con- very conservative. You know, he was one of nine. My mom was one of nine. They right. both, my dad never made more than $32,000 a year in, in one job. That's why he had to have five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember seeing a man, if I remember correctly, dressed really nice and he drove a really nice car. And I'm like, and I think he was at church or something sitting, you know, near the front of the church, yeah. you know, one of the more respected people. And I'm like, what's that guy do? <laughs> I want to wear nice clothes like that. I want to drive a nice car like that. And he was, a, he was a car salesman. He was a car mm-hmm. salesman. Man. And so I, I'll never forget that memory. And then from there, um, I just always liked cars. I found myself as a teenager in the local dealer's office negotiating car deals for my parents. So, you know, even the guy, you know, uh, Mr. Cole, he said uh, he owns a bunch of Harley dealerships now. He said, man, you ought to think about getting in the auto industry. Uh So I got my, I graduated high school, went and got my four-year degree in two and a half years, got my MBA in a year and a half. So I did six years worth of school and four and worked full time. Wow. I got out and my dad said, okay, what are you going to do now? You know, you're going to go, I think my dream at one point, or I thought about being a sports agent. So master's degree, law degree, and Mm -hmm. then go be a sports agent. But I got burnt out. I burnt myself out by packing in that much school. And I didn't, I didn't want to go to school anymore. I wanted to go make money. So I looked at my dad and he was proud. He said, got your master's degree. 
now what, son? I said, I'm going to go sell cars. And my dad was like, <laughs> what? You're going you're gonna to go sell cars? Like, sell cars? Like, you went and did all that school and you're going to go sell cars? Like, what? what's wrong with you? Right, yeah. And, and, and I can understand why he would be disappointed. I understand why he didn't understand. But my dad kind of ruled our house with an iron fist. And, mm -hmm. and my brother went and got his undergraduate degree in accounting. And then he didn't want to be an accountant, but my dad had a friend that was successful as an accountant. So he said, y'all are going to go be accountants. Well, I, it's pretty obvious after a few minutes around me, I'm not an accountant. <laughs> you know, I'm not, yeah, I, I've got yeah. one and I've got two controllers here at the dealership helping me, but I'm not an accountant. Right. So my brother, he decided to go to medical school, which my dad thought was just the craziest thing ever. So he's a doctor in Texas. Uh -huh. I told him I'm going to sell cars. Once I saw my brother had balls to go up against my dad, I said, well, shit, I'm going to go up against him. <laughs> I'm, he didn't whoop his butt, you know, because we were over 18 at that time. And I said, well, I guess I'm going to go sell cars. So, and he said, I can't believe you're wasted that time. You could have went and sold cars out of high school. I said, dad, I know, but I got an education. No one could ever take it away from me. I proved something myself. And dad, I want to own one one day. Right. How can I own one if I've never sold cars before? Mm -hmm. So that's when I started in the auto industry back in 1996. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. For, I worked, went to work for Saturn car dealership. I don't know if you remember Saturn's. Or I not. do. I do. Yeah. Were, great they... company, great company, great culture. I learned a lot, but they were pieces of shit. You know, they weren't just not nice cars. So, well, anyway. I, you know, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to go that, that deep on yeah. Saturn, but yeah, they were a, they were a test bed for GM, weren't they? Yeah. GM, GM's yeah. lower yeah. end product. It was. And then so I went to Saturn, sold cars there for a short amount of time, went into finance, and then from finance, uh, worked my way to general manager. I was a general manager by my late 20s mm -hmm. and bought into my first car dealership 12 years ago. So 35, at 35, I, I was partner in a new car franchise, a Honda dealership. Nice one. Well done. Yeah. From there, I took over our VW store like a year or two later. Uh, two years after that, bought a Nissan Subaru store in town mm -hmm. and then picked up Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram at 16. So before I sold the first car at the Honda store, I looked at the team, which every time we acquire a store, we give everybody a chance to stay on our team. Right, right. You know, train them. And, and mm -hmm. so I remember I walked in the showroom, which I ran the competing Honda store and was just we, we just blew. We beat everybody. And uh, I looked at them all and I said, hey, we're going to be really successful here. I'm excited to be here. And my goal was to buy every car dealership in town. Mm -hmm. And they all were like, this dude's crazy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you got to have a goal somewhere. And I hope y'all are ready. We're going to rock and roll. And through building a good team, you know, it's, it's all about teams. That's that's how you. That's how I'm able to travel to Apex and do the things. And right, speak right. Because I've just got an excellent team here working with me. And so, yeah, so I've been in it since I started selling cars at Saturn, now partner. And then that's parlayed into... I partner in about 25 other businesses, you know, where I partner up with Apex people, Marte mm -hmm. people. And so the the engine that drives my Simons Enterprises Inc., which is my S corporation, is the car dealerships. Right, this right. That's the gasoline. All that <laughs> yeah. goes, you know, with what's going to happen, you know, with these crazy EPA guidelines that we got. Yeah, we gotta, no doubt. We got to create we got to increase fuel efficiency by 38%, 38% by 2026. Now that's crazy. That's a, that's, did you say 2026? 
2026. That's three years. That's three years away. It's October 22 while we're recording this. So it's three years and two months. Yep. yep. And even if a president comes in and makes changes, or if there's it's, it's too it's too late. Like there's the, there's no way. So that's why you're seeing the V8 engines. They're going to stop making them. They need to make more electric cars because mm -hmm. they have to push that 30 percent. If not, the fines are going to go up. There's all sorts of things that's going to happen that's going to penalize manufacturers for not making fuel efficient electric vehicles. I say we just get rid of the EPA. I agree. I right. agree. I'm, I'm, I am high horsepower and shitty fuel efficiency. Well, type when you, when, hold on a minute. When you think of where the majority of, of, of global greenhouse gases and pollution comes from, it's, it's got nothing to do with cars. Like, so, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, we're just not allowed to debate that publicly. But the majority of greenhouse gases are coming from, from shipping and from th that kind of transportation. And right. nothing to do with cars. Like, so, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems... For one of a better expression, it seems just like pissing in the wind. Yeah, it you is. Know? And we've got lobbyists, you know, the NADA Association, which we're a member of. And, you know, we've got people that are out there trying to do everything they can in order to thwart this. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's not less not less we get a Hail Mary, not less something happens. It, we're going down a course we're not going to be able to, you know, reverse. And wow. uh, that's the reason why I've already pre-sold 30 Hellcats because they're saying 2023 is the mm. last year it is that's what they said yeah they're going all electric after that huh yep yep and i mean they're going to have fake noise i mean uh, uh, uh. come on bro like Man. fake noise i told my son my son's uh just thinking as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i thought about my son is 15 very turned 16 he loves older cars you know right, like, right. Uh, old muscle cars i thought about starting an independent dealership with him teaching him the ropes here, let him go and call it gasoline alley or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then sell nothing but just high horsepower, old school cars, the cars I'm selling now that won't be available three or oh, three yeah. years from now, you, you know? And so I thought about it kind of like a revolution against. Oh, against I love it. I love that idea. Business. Have you, yeah. um, side note then to do with that. Um, have you hooked up with Chad and Lisa Austin yet? And execs, they own uh, coyote yes. classics. Yes. They, they do wonderful work super people mm -hmm. and um i have spoke to them at almost every flying friday and then i've offered my services to them uh same concept they're same same type of concept but they are older cars i would go after more of the newer models yeah you know they're 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 more classic i would go after high horsepower current generation probably you know 10 years and newer why they're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're doing some amazing, amazing things. Uh, I appreciate those older cars. I really do. But, you know, um, I, I think there's going to be a market in between those markets. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, that people are, that want the Mustangs now that aren't going to be able to get them a couple of years from now. And mm -hmm. I think if you spin it off, as a gasoline alley or something like that, you know, have a little bit of fun with it. I think you can have fun with the cars. Obviously, the perk is you'll get to drive the cars. Yeah, and I, I think I think my son would enjoy something like that. So I I thought about that just a couple of days ago as we get pushed down this road. That you know I think people should have choices. So oh no doubt, I yeah. said choices. If you want to drive a car that gets you know fifteen miles per gallon, ten miles per gallon has high horsepower, you should have that right. Mm -hmm. If you want to get something that is one hundred percent electric, you know, um, I. I, I, I Follow me. Uh, follow with me for a second. So yeah. I drove one of the I, I drove one of the Tesla plans. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that thing has a thousand horsepower and it literally, when you punch it, well, have you ever driven in one before? Uh-uh, no, no, I've been in a, I've been in a regular, regular one, but never in a plaid. So a plaid literally will take your breath away. I mean, my, I've my, got, my, my, I've got a twin yeah. turbo Mustang Cobra with a thousand horsepower. So my breath is like, kind of just, yeah. it's all, I, I get it, you know, but not so, on the street. So, but I don't like them and let me explain why. And let me, let me, let me put this, put this visual in your mind. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So if you and I are in a room and I crack a fart, you anticipate smelling something, correct? I, right? Go, go on. Okay. So, <laughs> so driving a high horsepower car, you can hear the supercharger kick in a little bit. You oh, can yeah. hear the horsepower. Yeah. So it makes sense that the car is going fast. Right? Yes. So when you're in a Tesla Plaid, you can't hear anything. So when my wife was riding with me and I'd punch it, she hated it because she couldn't brace herself because it would just take off. Also, it wasn't exhilarating to the driver because you don't hear any noise. Mm. So the part of, so if she sat beside of me in the car, it would be like me cracking a stinky fart, but she didn't hear any noise. So when she smells it, she's going to get madder because it caught her off guard. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It does. I mean, maybe we just have to, maybe I, I don't think we'll stop the wave of electric cars in the future. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll just have to get used to that. But the, I mean, there is, there's definitely something to be said for, for waiting on the boost, for hearing it, for you, knowing it's coming. Yeah. And, and not only that, it, it's visceral. It's the feeling you get in your, in your chest when you feel the vibrations of the car. It's it's not having all those driver aids and, and being able to know that the, the, the rear tires are, are breaking loose right about now, so I gotta feather the throttle and keep that going. We're, we're losing sight of all of that. There's, yeah. there's, there's no greater pleasure than laying a thick black 11 all the way down the road as you, as yeah. you go. You know, this, I, I don't know. That's why, that's why even I like driving the rear engine vehicles more than the mid engine. Like. Mm -hmm. I've got one of the new Corvettes and people said, how do you like it? And I said, I like my Z06 I had before better. Now yeah. the new Z06 is going to come out is going to be, is going to be really nice. I mean, it's going to be a monster, mm -hmm. but there's something about driving that car when it's breaking loose in the back, like the mm -hmm. Corvette or the Hellcat that you've got to be a better driver as opposed yeah. to driving. I've had a Lamborghini. I've had a, um, a Porsche uh, GT3 RS. Now those are brawly, nasty cars, mm -hmm. but if there's something different about driving a car that could literally get out from underneath you at any point. Mm -hmm. So there's that, and it takes a better driver, which is your point also. So, you know, I, I think, um, I think I'm going to sell a lot of Hellcats in between now when they stop producing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, if so I, 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 if I, I could hope, afford I one something of them Jeeps, happens, but, Dude, if, I could if I could afford one of them Jeeps, I'd have one, man. They're just a little bit, a little bit out of my budget. Those, uh, I had a, I had a, Grand Cherokee SRT, yeah. and uh, yeah. when, the, when the track trackhawk came around, I fancied it, but uh, you know, I put uh, a little bit more money into the growth of my companies right now. So for sure, maybe for I'll get sure. maybe I'll get one in the future. But that supercharger, man. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, they've got that, and then now they're going to bring back out the Durango, which they only made that for about six. Oh, they're months. Br they're bringing that back. The Durango will be back in 2023 in a limited run. Final run. Uh, and then they are going to make the TRX, and then that'll be the last year of the Hellcat cars, mm -hmm. is what they're saying. Man, um, I, can't, I can't imagine yeah. what the, 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 
the next model has to be better though surely they they got to top it they unless what happens in the 70s with the you know when the mustangs uh they went to the mustang twos and they were just it, there was this like redheaded stepchild from about 74 to about 79 when he came out with the fox bodies that were just terrible maybe, maybe yeah. that'll happen because that was all to do with uh with fuel consumption restrictions as well wasn't it it was all yeah it's you're exactly right um you know it's 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 the it's we'll, we'll see what happens we we hope that we hope that it doesn't kill all the all the v8s and all the high horsepower and uh you know, we probably knew this day was coming sooner or later. We just all hope it's later. Uh, but, you know, but no, the auto industry has been great to me. Um, obviously, you can tell I get excited about talking about cars. And, you know, I get I still get excited when I get a picture from a guest where we shift a vehicle to them or when I see that they're getting their brand new car like that. I get excited whenever I see that happen with somebody, whether it's someone's first car or it's a $10,000 starter, $5,000 mm -hmm. starter, or, you know, it's their, you know, it's what they've worked hard. There was a gentleman that bought a TRX from us and he worked at America power, uh, power company for 45 mm -hmm. years. Oh, wow. Sitting in the TRX, he started crying. Grown man, 60 some years old, started crying. And he said, I never dreamed that I would be able to buy a truck like this. And he paid cash. He worked really hard. And I mean, just sitting there and watching a grown man sob that he, you know, bought something off his bucket list or whatever list you want to say, you know, that, that, it, I mean, I got choked up watching the man, you know, where he realized something that he wanted to accomplish so bad mm -hmm. uh, that he, he bought one of those TRX pickup trucks. So uh, th those are things. And when you see people, you may, they may have had some credit issues that you get yeah. approved that they didn't think they could buy. And you find them affordable transportation, you know, um, you problem solve for people that, that I still get excited. And I told people when I don't enjoy this anymore, um, which trust me, not everybody loves what they do every single day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's when I'll decide. That's when I'll go do something else. But luckily for my career, that hasn't happened to me yet. Well, man, it must just be so rewarding to see those smiles when when those guys achieve their goals, man. Um I want to move the interview a little bit now and talk about what happened uh, a few years back when you'd had some success, um, but you were successful in the the business aspect of life. But the rest of your life kind of got out of hand a little bit. And uh, let's let's go there. Tell us about the the, the weight gain and, and the issues you had. And uh, now, I mean, looking at you, you're, you're as fit as a butcher's dog, man. You're in, you're in amazing shape. So so what was that like as an entrepreneur finding success and then and then slowly uh, realizing the rest of your life wasn't where you wanted it? You know, um, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I was so fixated on a goal. And when you go put on weight, what happens is you just start to think, well, my shirts, you know, I must have shrunk my shirt. At that's first, what I, yeah, that's what it, I think. Stupid I mean, washing I machine. <laughs> washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're so used to seeing it that you don't realize that you've got a substantially bigger face. Mm -hmm. One, you don't want to see it. And two, I, one of my friends, he says something, you don't know how you look till you get your picture took. And he says it in kind of a Southern twang. It's like, what's he mean by that? I know what he means by that. And looking back on those pictures, holy shit, I look terrible. But at the time, it's what I, it's the same person I see, you know, so I didn't rely, you know, now I knew that my 
shirts were going from a large to extra large to 2XL to 3XL. I knew that I could no longer tuck my shirt in my pants. I needed suspenders, but which I, which I wouldn't wear suspenders. I knew that when I went to the pool, I'm the, I'm the fat dude that had the t-shirt on, you know, mm -hmm. that didn't want to take his shirt off or I would just avoid the pool or I would just avoid um, going to the lake. Anytime outside that were, took me to take my shirt off, I just wouldn't go. Yeah, I was the same, man. I was the same. And 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 you're embarrassed. And then mm -hmm. you say, well, what the hell? Why, why don't I go on and, and drink this 40 ounce or, you know, because what, what does it matter? I've already put on all this weight. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it took me, which is what I try to talk to people about now, is don't wait until something happens to where you got to make a change in life. What Was and, there was there something that triggered it? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. To, I was what? at the dealership uh, previous to the one I'm at now. So I was a general manager of a dealership for nine years before this one. Okay. And then it's only 30 miles. So when I when I left there and came here, I brought 40-some of my employees with me. Oh, wow. Out of 100 and some, out of 105. Mm -hmm. But they didn't come immediately. They came over time. But, you know, I was I was working at the other dealership and I was, man, I, I was the type of leader that was going to get to the goal no matter what. And if you weren't with me, I would chew you up and spit you out and I was going to push you to the limits, like in a not in a good way, in a like I, like pushing people too far. Like I worked all the time. I would work on Sundays and take volunteers. And if you work for me and you wanted to come, I'm going to be there Sunday every day. And if you want to come, you volunteer to come in with me on Sunday, but you don't have to, but I'm going to be there anyway. So I worked all the time because I wanted to achieve that goal of being a car dealer, which at that time I was a general manager, right. which the next step up is a managing partner. Mm -hmm. And I was not a good friend. I mean, it was business. It was hundred percent business. And if you didn't produce, I get rid of you. Um, it was because, you know, I just, I didn't understand why people didn't want my goals and dreams. And, mm -hmm. uh, I remember I just got you know, 265 pounds. That gives you give you an idea. It's about 60, 70 pounds more than where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't work out. I was drinking, smoking. I, I would get I would get a 40 ounce and drink it by the time I got home. And I lived 10 minutes from the dealership. So I kind of went into a depression. Blood pressure shot through the roof. Didn't work out. Didn't take care of myself. Ate like shit. And I was at the dealership one day and they came in and they're like, Hey boss, which is what they, they call me. I don't know why they call me that, but everybody around here calls me that. I think it's just been a tradition. Hey boss, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, you don't look good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, your face is red as hell. I'm like red or normal. You know, your my face can get real red, get out there and sell cars and leave me alone. Like I'm fine. <laughs> They're like, no, like, and, and it's funny, but at the dealerships, even there and here, we have blood pressure monitors really? and they're like, seriously like you don't look good let's let's check your blood pressure i said you're not checking my blood pressure get out and they left it on the desk well i started feeling like lightheaded and i, I don't know if it's because they brought it to my attention or whatever but i i didn't i started feeling like dizzy mm -hmm. so i checked my blood pressure and it was like 275 over 180 whatever it was both my numbers were double or triple where that's yeah that's extremely high man yeah. yeah so it could be you know stroke level heart attack so they saw me checking it and one of the guys that cared about me came back in he goes you know what what did it what did it say and i said i, I probably need to go to the hospital and they're like no we're calling 911 i said no you're not no you're not like i'll get one i'll let one of y'all i'm gonna drive myself or I'll let one of you drive me, but I'm not going in an ambulance. And I prefer just to drive myself. So mm -hmm. anyway, they they took me to the hospital. 
uh, when I got in there, they checked it there and like all the sirens went off. It was like, get him in here now. Like, let's hit him with nitroglycerin. Like, sir, you need to calm down. Like, yeah, and I'm like, well, first of all, all y'all are wigging me out. Like, I'm cool. Like, I don't know why y'all are doing all this to me. Like, I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. y'all are starting to wig me out. And I'm not, like, I'm, I feel fine. They hit me with nitroglycerin. They called my wife. Uh, she came in. And basically, at that point, they're like, look, if you don't make changes, you're already on the highest blood pressure you could take. Like, I couldn't take any more pills than what I was taking. Oh, wow. They said, they said you're going to die. Like you're, you're going to die. So my wife followed up with my doctor at that point. I knew I had to make changes. So you're already taking blood pressure medication at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. I think I was taking five pills a day. Goodness. Yeah. I had to take it for high blood pressure, uh, for cholesterol. Like I had three pills for just blood pressure, but well, total I mean, five, you know, total car- five pills. The, the, the car business is, it's high pressure. It's high stress. Yeah. As it is, man, I, I, I can't even imagine what that was doing to you being, being yeah. 70 pounds overweight as well as running seven days a week. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, it was a recipe. I was going to die. I mean, and I didn't, you know, and, and I didn't. And, um, from there I started really taking a good look in the mirror. And I, I talked about this on the speech that I gave at apex live. I mean, I got so low, I couldn't even, I, I was winning in business. Like our production was through the roof. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good dad. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good leader. And a light bulb went off. And I said, wait a minute, I'm going to die alone. You know, my wife came to me and said, if you don't make changes, like, you're going to die. We know you've saved money. We know where we are financially, you know, but I just want you to envision somebody else walking your daughter down the aisle because you're not me. And I was like, God. Damn, you know, so that that hurt. I was mad at first, and I'm like, wait a minute, she's right. Yeah. So then I tell you, the biggest pivot I made was, okay, how do I find out? I know it's important to me, mm-hmm. but everybody around me, like, what's my wife's dreams and goals? What's my kids? What's my friends? What's the people I work with? And that's when I had a major pivot go on in my life. Took me almost dying. That I said, hey, I've got to determine what's important to everybody around me. And then fit their goals and dreams within mine. So my goal is still to be a car dealer. Yeah. But I want to help Sam and I want to help, you know, all these people that work with me or around me. What is your goals and dreams? And then that turned into three personal and three professional goals. We ask all of our associates here. I got about 180 employees here at Valley Dealerships. Mm-hmm. And I can walk to each dealership. And I started finding out, okay, what what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a I want to be a GM one day, or I want to own my own independent car lot, or I want to do this. Okay, no problem. I'll help you get there. But right now you're selling cars. And right now we need to get your production up so you can save money. So you have enough money to go open up your car lot. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to be where I'm at one day, I'll help you get there. You just got to help us win. Right. So we can yeah. create opportunity. That was the big pivot in my mind where my career really took off. And then, you know, our sales went off. I got my health in check. And then um, from from there, our, um, I started working out, taking better care of myself, eating right, uh, made some lifestyle changes, put cigarettes down, which was stupid as shit anyway. You know, and really, you know, really, I mean, if you if people smoke and they check their blood pressure and then they go check it again, once you smoke one cigarette, your blood pressure goes up about 15 points, top and bottom. No kidding. That's how bad cigarettes are for you. I did not know that. It'll go back that. down, but that's how bad it is on your heart. But I yeah. just I just wanted to touch real quick on something that you said. 
in that when you started working with your employees and with the people around you towards their goals, your business growth really took off. And that stems back to something that Zig Ziglar used to say, and when you help enough people get the things that they want, they will in turn help you get the things that you want. You yeah. find, And I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. But, you know, I was so fixated on hitting that goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain people that you have that maybe it's a monetary goal which typically it is, that they lose their identity. I lost who I was. I was going to get there. If right. I, well, I don't know how long I'd have stayed there because I was going to die. Yeah. I'm lucky to die that day. And I truly saw that as a second chance. So now what I try to do is mentor my people to where I get them to become the best versions of themselves possible, which, you know, Ed Millett is a mentor of mine. And that's what he preaches all the time is, are you going to emulate, are you going to look like that person that God envisioned you to be at the Mm -hmm. end of your life, which I truly believe that. So I mentor my own team now. Like I'm the one that gets up and makes Facebook posts about going to the gym and they're like, Hey, now now I help my team lose weight. Yeah. And I actually mentor some of my team, uh, about 20 of our associates. I do a private mentorship through the dealerships where I help people. And then, um, and and that's how my career really took off, you know, in the last uh, 15 years, 15, 15 years is when that happened. It really probably took off about 12 years ago. Wow. Well, 13 years ago. And, and lots of times people don't make that change until they hear those alarm bells going off, man. So I'm, I'm glad you made oh, it. Yeah. Hey, what well, yeah, no <laughs> what, what if we, hey, what if we, that's, that's my whole goal now is, is what if I can get people to change now? Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. I was in, I just saw one of my uh, lady sales associates working out. She and I have worked together for 15 years at least, at least. Mm-hmm. And I've asked her, hey, you need to go work out. You know, what about your personal health? And now what happens is our associates tell me and their leader, their leader, what their three personal, three professional goals are, specific goals. Mm -hmm. And then we meet with our team members every quarter to review them. And then for the next year, we come up with brand new goals. And they got to be specific. Like, I wouldn't say I want to lose weight. Now, how much do you want to lose? How much do you want to lose about? So one of these associates, I've been asking her forever, hey, why don't you go to the gym? And she said, no. Well, I saw her go to the gym. And I said, hey, you know what? I saw you at the gym the other one. First of all, that's awesome because we work together. We work out in groups. Right. I said, first of all, it's awesome to see you there. Secondly, what changed? She said, Scott, I got diagnosed with diabetes. Man. And I said, she said, I should have listened to you years ago. I said, hey, you know what? But at least you're in there now. Yeah. And she said, but if I would have listened to you 15 years ago, I wouldn't have diabetes right now or even five years ago or 10 years ago because she's got the type two, which means she wasn't born with it, you know? Right, right. So then I have her stand in front of everybody. I mean, on this, on this meetings that I have, I have one Saturday morning meeting and say, Lucy, I sit up here and ask them and beg them, you know, work on your health, make sure you've got, you save your money, make sure that you um, are good. You know, you're present with your family, like mm-hmm. live life to the fullest, but go and take care of your health. And she stood up and she got a little choked up. She said, you know, guys, y'all were me. Some of y'all are me in here. I wish y'all would listen to him. I should have listened to him. You know, now I've got diabetes. Now I've got to totally fight, you know, on my hands. I got to totally change my life. And if y'all would listen to him, like I should have. Yeah. And then I've got people that work with me that didn't make good financial decisions. And now they have money in the bank and they used to have a 400 credit score. Now they have a 700. And they're like, hey, you got to listen to him. So my meetings are more about 
self-development and becoming the best versions of them. Because if I help my team become the best versions of them, they'll be successful in, Absolutely. in selling cars. Yeah. I want them to be the best them, not the best car salesperson. It's, it's almost not about selling cars at this point. It's about no. building people. It's about no. building careers. It's building people. It's uh, pouring into them. I mean, it's a competitive work environment. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So how many, how many people are going to go and lead them into like, let me tell you some of the fun things we do for mentorship. Yeah, let's go. So one, 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 you don't, um, you have to apply and you have to tell us why you want to be in it. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't accept everybody Two, it's during your, if you're accepted, you're, uh, you've got certain requirements. You, we meet at lunchtime on Mondays. So my, my one just ended not so long ago. I'll be starting a new one up. Mm -hmm. You can eat lunch during the meeting, but you can't come to the meeting and go to lunch. Like that, you're giving up your time. Right. It's, it's not sanctioned by the my, my partners. So this is not something that they, that this is private. Mm -hmm. We we leave our titles at the front door. So I'm not their leader. I'm not their boss. Like we're all same level. Um, we One of the things we did was uh, everybody in the room, guess your Equifax credit score. <laughs> tell us, like, tell us what it is, and you can write on a piece of paper. You don't have to say it in front of everybody. We're not there to embarrass anybody. Mm -hmm. Then go to freecreditreport.com, pull your credit, and come back in. We're going to give a prize to whoever was the closest, and then we're going to make fun of whoever was the furthest one apart. <laughs> we do, we do cut up in there. Right. You know, one one person was within two points of his score. He had a six hundred two. He guessed six hundred. The difference, one was 251 points apart. 251 points. Wow. He thought he was a 500 because he's young and didn't know he had credit. Mm -hmm. So he just guessed, I, could bet, I bet I don't have much of a score. His parents put him as an authorized user as a teenager on his uh, credit card. Yeah. He's a 751. That'll do it. That'll so do it. the point was everybody brought in their bureaus and we, we, we taught them how to read their credit bureau. Mm-hmm. So another one we did was who could live the cheapest within a week? Don't take fixed expenses. Just take variable expenses. Uh -huh. One guy spent 80 bucks in one week. Another guy spent 600 in one week. The person that spent 80 was the person that spent 600 when he first went through my mentorship. Oh, wow. Our whole point of that is, is document what you buy and you don't realize the energy drinks or the, the cigarettes or, or, or the, the, the cookies or whatever you buy. Like, you can make choices and save more money if you want to. Oh yeah, man. What what I like to do is uh, I like to have all my money going wherever it should go, and then just have a couple hundred bucks cash in my pocket, and that's running money. That's for the coffees, that's for the sodas, that's for all that stuff. And I know if I just put a couple of hundred bucks in there, that's what's got to last, you know. And yeah, I can go spend more, but when I can spend more, guess what? I do spend more. Like when I can spend more, I eat out every meal. Like which right. which goes to the weight gain, but when I play it like a game, go right. I I got ten bucks. What can I eat today? Can I get can I get all my protein and can I get all my vegetables? And yeah, sometimes I go over, but if I don't do that, like just because I've got the resources and I have the ability, I end up spending sixty eighty bucks a day. We go eat out here. We go eat out there. We and you know that shit adds up, man. You don't realize, you know. But no one like no one is teaching our children mm -mm. and teaching these things that should be taught in school. Well, there's no physical pain to swipe in a credit card, but there mm -hmm. is, there's pain having a stack of twenties and, and handing one out and seeing it go down, you know? So yeah. I just, I don't think people realize just how easy it is to spend money that you're not in control of. 
see, we push them all to max out their 401k, which mm -hmm. is 20 or 21,000. And mm -hmm. a lot of people disagree with this, but I don't, that doesn't matter. I'm not a, I'm not a financial planner. I just say, Hey, I know that a lot of car dealers that I know would go and ask people to buy an expensive car, buy expensive house, mm -hmm. buy expensive clothes because they ring up their debt and then their mm -hmm. debt owns them. So they have to produce. Mm -hmm. I'm the exact opposite. I want them to go max out their 401k one to reduce their taxes two to make sure they have money in the future. But three, they got to, they got to replace that money. Mm -hmm. So I'm the polar opposite of what traditionally has been taught in the auto industry. I want to teach them to save, not to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you get a, you get a car salesman, you know, and he's, he's selling 20 cars a month and he gets used to that money. And you know, we, we tend to spend to the limits of our ability. So what better way to guarantee that that guy's going to hit 20 cars every month than to, to peg him with that amount of payment? Yeah. We, mean, we teach them to set up automatic withdrawals mm -hmm. out of their checking accounts, set up multiple checking accounts, multiple accounts, yep. had that 401k come out. And then, cause everybody's like you said, everybody lives off the net off what they've got left mm -hmm. over. Oh, damn, yep. I got a couple grand. Yeah. I can afford those shoes or I can yep. afford those pants. But if you have as much pull as you possibly can, and then we also train our team to base your life budget on your worst month, not your best month. Yeah. So not the average. It's just what is your worst month this year? Okay, that's your new budget. So then, you know, we just do things differently here. But the old guy, the old me, I'm going to go get you to get you expensive clothes, you know, but it all changed. And it also in that change came from caring about others. Yeah. And Genuinely I caring about them. You know, your employees will probably be a lot happier and they'll sleep a lot better and they'll be a lot less stressed with a fully funded 401k and, you know, a, a monthly account that, that reflects their minimum uh, of, of income, man. It'd be a lot less stressful, you know. But. We, we had a gentleman that started with us named, um, he he's, does an excellent job for us. Mm -hmm. He was a bartender and graduated college, had no job, uh, came as bartender. He came in just to get a job. That young man within one year made like a, a hundred and twenty, hundred thirty thousand dollars. The average income in our area is fifty thousand. Wow, that's We're huge. The, that's yeah, huge. Made made one twenty one thirty. Maxed out his four hundred one k, which was mm -hmm. twenty grand, nineteen grand. Maxed it out. Bought his first house. Got engaged. Had his first child. All within about fifteen months. Wow. But maxed out his four hundred one k. And he went through my mentorship and he said, man, I, he loves what he does. He kills it on social media, which we train our team on yeah. how to use social media, which before uh, we started training them on how to use social media, to sell cars, 5% of our cars were sold by our sales reps through social media just three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say five at the latest. Now, 45% of my cars, wow. by my associates through their own social media accounts, which as you both know, we both know. You know, if someone's got to know you, and then if they like, like you, you. Then they trust you, but they got to know you first, then they got to like you, then they got to trust you. So when we train them to do that, now I can spend less money on advertising. Exactly. I mean, I that's technology and everything mm -hmm. else. I mean, that that's shit. That's, that's a huge portion of your marketing budget that you're not needing to spend on marketing. It's all, oh. it, it's all organic, man. I mean, yeah, like, so we, yeah, we do profit sharing with our employees. 10% mm -hmm. of our profits are shared with all of our employees. Oh, wow. That, that would make them even more inclined to, to get on social media. and Because, right. you know, a, a, a lot of guys, they don't feel comfortable going, hey, guys, what's up? It's Sam. I'm out here again at the car dealership. I got, I got this car. I'm going to take it for a drive. 
what are some things that you teach your guys to do to kind of break through that hesitancy and maybe somebody's listening that's wanting to get on social media and, and just doesn't have the courage to do it what are some advice you can give for them well first of all when you're on social media even when i look down at this monitor i'm gonna sound stupid and i made <laughs> some people anyway i'm gonna think i look stupid mm -hmm. it, you know it doesn't it doesn't matter but when you choose an industry or an occupation to where reason why we get in car sales originally is, is we want to make, we want to write our own paychecks. Correct, I don't want yeah. to go to a factory. Uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't want to go to a job where I'm limited in what I can make. Absolutely. So that's another reason why. So if you choose an industry like real estate or whatever you're doing in sales, which we're all salespeople, people mm -hmm. get all tripped out about sales. Sales, look, I, I don't need to say gimmicks and say catchy things to sell cars. I mm -hmm. also don't need to get on TV, on on Facebook and say, I need one more car to hit my quota. <laughs> I've seen that. that. Yeah, I've seen do. that. Yeah. Nor will you yeah. see my team because people don't care. Mm -hmm. People don't care. I need one more goal, one more car to hit my goal. No, it's, hey, this is Scott. I'm here at CMA's Valley Dealerships. I have eight franchises to choose from, but I'm here to help you. Anything automotive, anything automotive. If you have a question about maintenance, if you got a question about anything, whether I sell it or not, Contact me and I'll help you. Here's my cell phone number. Mm -hmm. And then when someone contacts you and texts you or something, then you you help them. Yeah. And there might be a time, hey, you know, I'm thinking about buying a Toyota Corolla. Hey, Toyota Corolla is a great product. I don't sell Toyotas. We mm -hmm. do it in our group. But hey, it's a great, it's a great product. Toyota, Toyota, Toyota builds a great product. Corolla is a really good choice, you know, um, and, and then you go through it with them. Then I may say, hey, by the way, we have a Toyota store. Do you want me to do a referral? Man, mm -hmm. you'll do that for me? Sure. And then I take your name with one of the managers, text the manager and you introducing yourselves, and then you're going to do business with them. But guess what? I'm going to follow up with you and say, hey, how did our store, how did our store take care of you? Yeah. Oh, they did great, Scott. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for that connection. No problem. I'm here for you. If there's anything I can, I can ever do for you, your family, anybody you know, text me. And as soon as I get a chance, I'll give you a call back. Mm -hmm. So uh, people are, are afraid to, to, to go and get on social media, but you know, then you probably shouldn't be in an occupation or industry to where you're making, you know, you're in sales and you're dictating your, your, how much you're going to make. And if you take care of people, it all works out. Like, yeah. I'm never the type of man say, how much money do we make on that deal? No, sell the car, take care of the customer. The money will be there. We're yes. going to be here for a long time. And then when you don't count it on each specific thing, it works out. It, you know, it's just practice. You know, at first we, we train. You know, a certain thing when you come in during the day, all of my posts, like we, we, we learn can't be about sales. Right. One right. of my posts may be about my family or an experience, or mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to make sure my profile's on public. I want to make sure I post every single day, every single day. I'm going to check in. I'm going to post something. And then if I sell somebody, I'm most definitely going to take a picture with them and, yeah. and, and show that I sold it. If they have a trade, I'm going to post their trade separate posts and say, Hey, I just traded in this really nice Honda Accord low miles. If you know anybody's interested, let me know. It'll sell very quickly. Let me know. Yeah. And then the rest of the time I'm just providing value. Then when I, during my downtime, if anybody contacts me, I save them in my phone mm -hmm. and my phone is my CRM. Yeah. So I have 6,000 contacts. So if you're in sales, save, save anybody that contacts you in your phone, and then if I wanted to, if I wanted to message each person in my phone, it, I'd have to message 17 people a day. If I message 17 a day, it means I'll touch all 6,000 and my message will be, 
Hey, Sam, this is Scott. Hey, great to see you at the last Apex. Anything I could do for you, brother, let me know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to help you with any of your automotive needs or if you ever need anything, give me a call. For sure. And same thing. When I meet people, I say, hey, look, I'm looking to invest in other companies and partner. If you ever need anybody that has, you know, looking for uh, an investor or a partner, keep me in mind. Those two comments right there are the reason why I partner in the businesses and I sell the cars. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're all just all just little, small, positive deposits in the bank of karma that get people thinking about you when they have that specific need. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's something I do very regularly. Just just shoot out four or five texts every single day. I don't have 6,000 contacts in my phone, but I don't sell cars. But I do. I shoot out texts. Hey, how have you been? I was thinking about you. You're on my mind. Anything you need, you know, let me know. And uh, it just does. It makes those deposits. And then when you need to make a withdrawal, there's an abundance of uh, goodwill in your favor, I tend to find. Yeah, most people don't do that because they don't see the immediate results. Mm -hmm. They go to the gym and and they don't see the six pack, or they go send out those messages and they play the short term game. Mm -hmm. So they don't. Well, gosh, I sent all these messages. Why didn't I sell a car? Yeah, it doesn't the, work that way. No, no, sir. It's it's like water dripping on a stone. It's a little bit of consistency over time. Eventually, produce the results, man. Dude, I'm having fun, but um, I know we're on a hard deadline, so I got just a couple more questions to ask sure. Scott. And uh, let's go, dude. I got I got to bring you back on uh, on the show again though, because like it, it. It, it feels like we barely talk, but I know we're on a deadline. So um, one of the one of the things I uh, I like to do is uh, I'm a huge proponent of uh, continuing education, and to that I read a lot of books. Uh, so what are some great books that you've read recently that you can share with the audience that we could maybe take a couple of tips from? Yeah, so I read a lot of, first of all, I watch a ton of podcasts, mm -hmm. a ton. I don't really listen to music, not unless I just want to get in the mood or I'm working out. Right. Um, so coming to work, I'll listen to, a, I like Bradley's podcast right now, so I'll listen to podcasts a lot. And mm -hmm. I'll listen to the guests, and then once I find a guest that I like their message, I'll go and, and listen to that guest. You know, people, my mentors, I think are huge, even more than books. Although I listen to a lot of books on Audible, a lot of books on Audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, then I can multitask. I'm a big about multitask. But mentors, Andy Frisella, of course, Ed Milet, uh Ryan Stuman, Grant Cardone. I know he's controversial to a lot of people, but I've learned a lot from Grant Cardone. Um, book, the book that changed my life when I was in a, you know, uh, was Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Ah, uh, you know, hell of a probably, book. You know, probably my my favorite, uh, John Maxwell on leadership. I'm mm -hmm. a big John Maxwell fan. Um, 10X, you know. Um, yeah. I take the, you know, I don't think any one person's perfect, not me, including me. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. take a little bit from each person mm -hmm. and, and, and then I put it all in and make my own spin on it. And then that's me. Like, that's I'm well, big, you should. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm big on Ed Millett. You know, he's got the power of one more. Mm -hmm. uh, that just came out um so yeah those are all books but i'm a big podcast guy like i listen to podcasts all the single all the time so aside from the small business surgeon what's, what's some of your favorite podcasts we got bradley yeah uh, i've got i've got bradley um i think he does an excellent job i like ed my of course i listen to all of andy Forsellas. i yeah you know, uh you know real af um you know share the show pay the fee yeah you know yeah that's right Dude, I, I love that. Uh, that that's probably the one i listen to the most is uh is andy's i mean i listen to ed occasionally i listen to brad occasionally but um andy's is pretty much daily 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So those those are all of them I listen to. All right, my man. Uh, the 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 penultimate question, last but one. Um, this show is aimed at guys that are a few years behind us in business that may be struggling with a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, if you could go back and talk to a version of yourself, maybe ten years ago, um, that was struggling with something, what's one critical piece of advice that you give yourself? Yeah, just just don't give up. I think a lot of people give up way too early. Um, I think. Uh, Make sure you conserve your cash. Yeah. Make sure that you spend money wisely. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, when you're running a business, you in your small business or you're just starting out, you know, you, you can work really, really hard, but you've got to watch where your expenses are. Um, most definitely don't give up too soon. I like the model of going and learning a trade, saving your money. And then starting into this business, I know a lot of people say burn the boats and do this and do that. I, I get it. Yeah. But, but 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 you hear a lot of people, you hear about the few people that make it. There's a lot of people that don't. So if mm -hmm. you're, say, in an industry right now, you're doing well, plan your exit to go into business. Yeah. Maybe even start that side business at night or on the side. And then once you get some income coming in and you know what you're doing, then graduate from being a W, you know, a, a W2 employee to your owner operator. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that would be advice I give people. Um, and, and, you know, save your money um, and don't, don't give up too soon, you know, but uh, I, I'm not big, I guess, cause I just never thought that way where I, I'm, I'm, I'm risk adverse. Where you mm -hmm. just go burn the boats and go straight in. I just, I just, I, 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 there's a lot of people out there that has not worked out for. Yeah, that, there's a probably, some people listen to this probably say, "Well, gosh, you're crushing my dreams." No, just be smart about it. That's, it, that's the thing. I mean, don't don't go all in to that until you're sure that you've got all that capital behind you that you need. It, it's very tempting as an entrepreneur to jump on stuff. Um, but but sometimes sometimes you just need to pump the brakes a minute and, and don't give up one income stream on the promise of another one. Wait till that other one's started. <laughs> hey, the number one reason why small businesses fail is undercapitalization. Mm -hmm. The number re number one reason why marriages fail is money. It's not infidelity. Mm -hmm. Half marriages fail, the number one reason why is money. Yep. So it, be conservative and make sure you pay yourself first. And a lot of people goes, well, that sounds greedy. No, mm -hmm. make sure that you're saving money by living uh, on a lot of things that we've already shared on this podcast. Yeah. Go back and, and, and institute some of those uh, and just be a good person. I, you know, if you're a good person, I truly think that things work out. You know, yeah. you're going to go through some things where it's like, man, I just can't catch a break. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. We've all, I've made mistakes, plenty of them, and I'm far from a perfect individual. Yeah, just got to keep on going, man. That's right. That's All right. right. Last question for you, Scott. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. For the guys that have enjoyed this and that want to follow along with you, what, what are your social handles? Where can we find you on the internet? So I'm on, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not as active on that platform. I'm most active probably because of my age on Facebook. It's mm -hmm. Scott Simons. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Scott E. Simons. There's a lot of cloned accounts out there, so just be careful. Okay. I'm also on Clubhouse. I moderate and the co-founder of uh, Breakfast with Champions, which is on the Clubhouse app. Mm -hmm. It's a live audio app. Um, and I link, yeah, all the all the main ones, I'm out there. Just reach out to me. My email is Scott E., my middle initials, E. Simons, gmail.com. And uh, I just appreciate you having me on, you know, and one thing about it is look, take for me, when someone says they want you on a podcast, pull your phone out, 
book it right then. <laughs> book it right then. And this last Apex, I think I'm booked on five. Yeah. yeah. I learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. Pull your phone out. Send me the link. All right, I signed up. We talked about it just a couple of days ago, and here we are. So you I learned it. something. I <laughs> it, learned something. It was minutes from me sending you that link. So, yeah, I uh, said, boom. You got Monday? Let's go. Let's do it. Scott, man, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to hang out with you again, brother. I uh, I really appreciate you spending the time to talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. All right, guys, that was Scott Simons, uh, a leader, a public speaker, and uh, the guy sells so many Hellcats, guys. If you need a car and you're up there, man, he can ship them all over the world. And if you've if you've liked if you've liked this, show him some love. Run over to his socials and give him a follow. And uh, you can follow us at Small Business Surgeon Scott. Thank you again for coming on, my friend. Thank you so much. And hey, in the in my in my DMs, be sure to mention your podcast so I know where they, yeah. where they came from. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, guys, that's it from us for this week. Be sure and check in again on uh, Friday. We'll have another edition of Friday Fire for you guys. You'll be good. Stay safe and uh, have a great week. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.